This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Election College, episode 298. Harry Truman, part two. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, was that last week we were talking about Missouri, Missouri? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Misery. Yeah. Harry Truman. Not misery. Well, we were talking about misery. We didn't say it was called misery. We were talking about misery? Well, we said misery. Like some people, there's a song called, see, the the listeners are just going to be like, oh, look, you could just go back to the old episode and listen to it. Yeah. You think I listen to our podcast? Uh, I listen to it when I edit it. That's, <laughs> that's it. It's yeah. done after that. Out I do in the sometimes. world for people to enjoy. Yes. Or hate. If you're still listening and you hate us, you've got a problem. I know. You really need to go ahead. Just move on and enjoy something else. 300 episodes in, man. Almost. Man. Are we going to have a celebration? I think we're technically over 300 episodes because some of the episodes were like not numbered episodes because they were like interviews or something. But yeah, we'll have a celebration. We'll like do a special episode. And the way it's special is at the beginning we'll say, this is episode 300. And then we'll do the same thing as always. And then we'll pat ourselves on the back for having the perseverance to do this. That's right. So many times. Yep. Okay. That sounds good. I like it. It's a solid plan. It's a very solid plan. Hey, uh, talking about solid plans, I'm sure Harry Truman grew up and uh, was like, I'm going to be president someday. And I'm going to be president because, well, a series of unfortunate events. (laughs) But I guess we might get to that today. We might. Who knows? So Harry, there's had... so much more information about these newer presidents, these more recent presidents. Not newer, I guess I shouldn't say, but yeah. Man, I wonder what kind of prescription he had for glasses. Looks like Coke bottles. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Poor guy. Give the guy some contacts. Anyway, um, politics. So he comes back from World War One. In case you didn't know that he. Uh, fought in World War One. you need to listen to the episode like all good people do. They listen to episodes of Election College. He comes back to Missouri. He marries Bess, and he opens a haberdashery, which in Texas, that's kind of a big thing, by the way, which I'm still in Texas. So Are there still can, any there? Yeah. You can get fitted for a hat. Yeah. It's kind they of call thing. that tailors up north, don't they? I don't know. I prefer haberdashery. Oh, that sounds awesome. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're down here. <laughs> they're probably everywhere. We just don't have our eyes open to it. True. So after he gets married and after he starts that haberdashery with his wife, uh, the store does pretty well, but the recession of 1921 comes along and they go bankrupt. 
Well, oops. Yeah, not not a great thing. Really based, I mean, you know, you've got the Great Depression that's going to happen. Uh, people buy the the value of the business. They buy the bankruptcy um, off of them, essentially. And it rises and it falls and it's bought and it's sold. And Truman's making payments, but all this interest is accumulating. So finally, he pays off the last of the interest, the last of the loan in 1935. And, yeah, that's a long time after uh, after it's open and after it's... So that's a long time to be holding that debt for a store that you no longer own, for that matter. And Vivian Truman was able to buy it for $1,000. So it had been worth nearly $9,000, the, the mortgage, the loan on that. Um, and it was bought out for 1000 bucks because somebody just wanted to settle the dang thing and be done with it. Yeah, really. Um so his partner and the store, um, Mr. Jacobson, they remained friends for a long time, and uh, we might talk a little bit more about him in a in a while. But um, Harry Truman, he starts getting into politics, and in 1922, he gets elected as the county court judge of Jackson County's Eastern District, and Jackson County had uh, three judges who led the court, and these guys were from the Western District, which is Kansas City. And so this is kind of like a county commissioner role or like a mayor system. I know certain states have more powerful counties than they do cities, and uh, that's the case here. Um, He goes on to run again in 1924, and he loses because, let's face it, the Republicans just have a huge, huge year in 1924. Calvin Coolidge wins a landslide election when he is uh, elected to his full term in service. And you know how that happens. The president, uh, when there's a big wave, even local politics tend to ride that wave. And that's what happens. So Truman decides that he is going to sell automobile club memberships. And after a couple of years of doing that, he's like, you know what? I was meant to be in public service. So in 1926, he is elected as the presiding judge. And this time he has even more support from the Democratic machine led by Tom Pendergast. You'll hear his name later on, too. Yeah, so they do a lot of work there, and they really help uh, set up what's going to be what what's going to happen in the future there in Jackson County and Kansas City, and a lot of the things you see in Kansas City now are thanks to the work that Truman and others did during that time. In 1933, they named Truman as the director for Missouri's federal reemployment program, which is now uh, or was then part of the Civil Works Administration, and basically. This is kind of a a nod to Pendergast for making sure that Kansas City was going to vote for FDR in 1932. And so basically once this happens, everybody's like, okay, yeah, we we thought Pendergast kind of had control over all these, you know, these federal jobs in Missouri, but now we're really sure. And definitely he's more powerful than most people would like at this time. So that's just how the machine works, I guess. So when you're riding the wave, go ahead and write it big, right? And that's exactly what happens in 1934 
when everybody that Pendergast is wanting to run for U.S. Senate says, no, I don't want to. Um, Truman is like 18th in line. No, he's more like third or fifth in line uh, down that list of Democrats who would run for U.S. Senate. And Truman runs and he defeats Congressman John Cochran and Jacob Milligan um, because the machine in Kansas City was behind him. Uh, he is now the senator from Missouri. But people called him the senator from Pendergast because he was backed <laughs> by the machine. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not always good when you're kind of backed by the machine. So he essentially lets Pendergast and, and Pendergast people take a lot of um, a lot of reins. They take the reins on a lot of these appointments that happen, often called patronage appointments. And Truman says, well, I, I mean, I'm still always vote with my conscience, but I kind of let him suggest people for me. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, he said that, you know, he, he defended this later. He said, by offering a little bit to the machine, I saved a lot. And this is kind of a way of saying, yeah, sometimes all the uh, the things I did, I didn't 100% agree with, but sometimes you owe people a few favors. I'm sure that's only gotten better with time, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And one way of describing uh, the way Truman conducts business in the Senate here at the get-go was this quote uh, where he talks about opposing both Nazi Germany and Russia, which, of course, was communist. He says, quote, if we see that Germany is winning, we ought to help Russia. And if Russia is winning, we ought to help Germany. <laughs> and that way, let them kill as many as possible, although I don't want to see Hitler victorious under any circumstances. Okay. I think I just ran around in a couple of circles with that quote. Harry was doing his best. It doesn't get off to a very big, great start for Harry and the Senate. But what ends up happening is he starts traveling uh, to military bases all over the place. And he sees all kinds of waste and profiteering going on. And he uses his subcommittee chairmanship in the Committee on Military Affairs to start investigating abuses in the military. And this gets the attention of... FDR gets the attention of other people uh, around Washington, and eventually Truman becomes so well-known that he makes it on the cover of Time magazine because he's no longer the errand uh, runner for Kansas City uh, politicians. He's actually one of the big advocates for uh, exposing corruption in the U.S. government. Yeah, so, I mean, during that time with that committee, he was able to help save as much as $15 billion in that time period's money. Uh, that would have been $210 billion in 2018. So really made a significant impact both on exposing some of that uh, corruption, but also on just the national budget. Um, yeah, just a lot of waste there. Mucho dinero. Jason, I know this is going to come as a surprise to you, but it's almost time for... Harry Truman to become vice president. I'm shocked. Almost time. 
Uh, Henry Wallace was vice president in 1944. Who's that? Henry Wallace. Who's I, that? I have no idea. I've never heard of him. We did a podcast about him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to l- listen to more about Henry Wallace, go back and listen to that episode. Um, I don't remember the episode number, but I'm sure you can find it with a simple search. Cool. But, so he's pretty popular amongst Democratic voters. Um, but some of FDR's friends didn't like him because he was a little too far left-leaning and a little too friendly to the labor unions and stuff like that. So they really decide they want to replace him with someone more acceptable to the Democratic Party, or I guess you could say more acceptable to Roosevelt's uh, handlers uh, and Roosevelt in general. They also know that FDR, you know, he's running for a fourth term. Is he going to make it through? It's a good possibility that he won't. So they go out and they're they're looking for somebody to fill the seat. They're also eyeing up Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas, and he'd be an interesting one to do a podcast about. He was kind of influential during that time. Well, I mean, if you're a Supreme Court Justice, you're pretty influential no matter what time, but William O. Douglas would be a fun one to do at some point. But here they go. They're looking at Truman. All the, the big party leaders are, are looking at him, and Roosevelt says, well, I don't hate him. Sure, let's go for it. Yeah, after all, I'm not going to die. Right. Soon. <laughs> so what ends up happening is the Roosevelt-Truman ticket uh, blows away the electoral vote. 432 to 99. And, man, poor Governor Dewey of New York. They just go back home. He goes back home to New York. His running mate, John Bricker from Ohio, goes back to Ohio and uh, Truman gets sworn in. And what ends up happening is after he's sworn in as vice president, FDR's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Go do what vice presidents do and hang out. So Truman, as vice president, casts one tie-breaking vote uh, there in the Senate. It was against a uh, Taft amendment that would have blocked the post-war delivery of Lend-Lease Act items contracted. Uh, for during the war, so not that big, not that big of a a vote that history will remember. Other than to say that, yeah, Truman was vice president for eighty something days. <laughs> so what ends up happening is like eighty two days pass between when he's sworn in as vice president and when FDR dies, and you know it was just a normal day for for Harry. He he's presiding over the Senate. He adjourns for the day and he's getting ready to hang out with uh the house speaker uh, who is sam rayburn they were gonna have a drink i suppose and he gets a call and says hey harry go to the white house and he's like oh the president wants to meet with me but instead he meets eleanor roosevelt there and she's like hey uh, my husband just died and he's like is there anything i can do for you and she's like ha is there anything we can do for you, bucko? Uh, because you're the one in trouble now. Yeah. So, I mean, Truman's in there. He's the president. He starts surrounding himself with people who are not only his friends, but not very smart sometimes. I mean, maybe not very smart is a, is a mean thing to say, but basically he appoints some people to positions that are probably not quite their skill set or their expertise. And... Um, this is overall going to be a, a bad time for sure. But 
the atomic bomb's coming, and that's going to be during Truman's first term as president. Oh, sorry, I gave away a spoiler there. He's going to have more than one term. But we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, for now, Harry's like, what's an atomic bomb? I have no idea. That's right. I, I'm just the new president. <laughs> I'm just the guy that that used to kind of look over the Senate for 80 days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of big bombs to drop, this is a horrible segue, but you could drop a big bomb on the internet today and uh, do that by leaving a rating and review for the podcast. I was looking through some of the the reviews, Ben. Uh-huh. There's some really nice comments in there. There are. The one guy commented my, my biceps. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen, but it made me oh. feel good to say it. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, wow. In an audio format, that would be quite the... Uh, and it also wouldn't be true, but that's beside the point. Hey, we've also got a Facebook group, and um, sometimes it's really super active. Sometimes it's kind of, you know, just chill. People just post stuff in there. It, we would love it if you joined us at electioncollege.com slash group, um, you, or you can search for the Election College Facebook group on Facebook. That'd be awesome. You, there's also the page, of course, and, you know, it'd be great if you like that, but... The thing we really want you to do is go in the group. You can interact with other people who like Election College. Uh, when you go somewhere that's neat, you can take pictures and post them and all that kind of good stuff. So head on over to electioncollege.com group, and we'll see you there. Yeah, we really dig that type of stuff. And uh, did I just say we really dig it? I think you did. I did. And uh, speaking of digging things, it's time to dig something else. So we'll see you next week. (laughs) This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.